Welcome to the Final Girls Podcast. We're might be in the middle of a hiatus right now, but there is a ton of good horror films coming out and we're going to talk about them. I'm Anna Pogutska. I'm the co-founder of the Final Girls and your podcast host. Sometimes I get very lucky and I get the chance to talk with the filmmakers behind some of the horror movies that are currently hitting cinemas or streaming. And in this episode, you're about to listen to my chat with Helena Rain, the director of Bodies, 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 the new film from the hyper cool studio A24 that's just landed in UK cinemas this week. Now, this is one of the most hyped up horror films or horror adjacent films that's coming out this year. I greatly enjoyed it and you can listen to a full review of it now over on our Patreon feed at patreon.com forward slash the final girls. But this chat with Helena for anyone who needs to be convinced to go watch Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is for the most part spoiler free. There is a bit of chatter about the ending towards the end of our conversation, but I will leave the exact timestamp when that happens in the notes and there will be a little let's say musical break between the non-spoiler conversation and the talk about the ending because bodies 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 is essentially as much a horror film as it is a whodunit it is like a very entertaining blend of a teen slasher and a millennial whodunit i loved talking to helena and weirdly enough, we mentioned at the start of our conversation when we first met a few years ago at the London Film Festival doing another onstage panel, which I believe is available somewhere online. It's about intimacy coordinators and it was around the release of Helena's first feature film, Instinct, which is, for anyone curious about her work after this conversation, is a completely radically different vibe from Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So it was so deeply impressive to see her move in this direction and we met up in person in Soho to talk about her new film and as she was years ago she was a delight this time around. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Bodies 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 has just hit UK cinema so you'll be able to catch it everywhere. You can find me and my other thoughts about the film over on Twitter at Anna B. Demented. And with all of that said, please enjoy my conversation with Helena Rain. So, Helena, it's very lovely to see you again. And and congratulations sincerely on the film. It made me laugh out loud several times. <laughs> um, so I really wanted to start off by asking you about the origin story of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. How did you come involved as the director of it? Sorry. So it's actually very appropriate because it is you and I met on the London Film Festival when my first film Instinct uh, was was at the festival and A24 saw the film there and then we started a conversation and then they said listen we have this script and they actually already had it for some time mm-hmm. and it was written by this woman called Christian Rupinian who wrote this very famous story Cat Person that I loved by the way that went viral uh, and then she wrote this script about you know based on her friends playing this game mafia or murder or werewolf or in our case bodies 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 and so it had the game but it all took place in the snow is there was it was it had a very different ending if you Mm -hmm. know what i'm talking about um so uh, what appealed to me was basically the game 
because I used to play that with my friends and it would always go wrong and it was horrible. Every time people, I was the Emma, I was always like, please no, let's not play it. Like I was going to ask you yeah, if I was you had Emma. ever played the game because it's such an international thing, like the kind of murder in the dark type game. I know, I know. It's and and some and and in Amsterdam there, it it became so big that there were huge competitions between groups, but I had a very like my friend group was for a period of time like a commune like mm-hmm. we were actually almost living together nobody had kids everybody was single we we had dinner every night you know that kind of friend group and then this game was there a lot and it always really fr- like just stressed me out and so that concept that premise of taking mm. this game and then talking about psychological warfare and group behavior and then. I pitched it back to them. I was like, well, I would change the whole thing. I would, especially the ending and the en- and the ending is sort of the key into it for me because the ending makes it about human behavior, human mm-hmm. nature, more than makes it about a, a monster or a haunted house or a ghost or a serial killer. I'm not so interested in that. So then I pitched to them the whole Lord of the Flies meets Mean Girls pitch and they were really into that. And then we asked... Um, a playwright, she's called Sarah the Lab, mm-hmm. and she she's very young because, of course, uh, I'm 46. So if you want to make a film about 20-something-year-olds, you better you know get a collaborator that actually is in that like age group. And so we started to uh, recreate the script, and we had so much fun with it. And and then we we decided you know it shouldn't take place in the snow, and all of you know everything basically changed. And was the fact that it was, aside from the human behavior aspect of it all, was the fact that it was all taking part in one night in one location, was that an attractive proposition for you as a director? Was that a challenge or was it both? No, it was very attractive to me that it was one location because that reminds me of the theater. Mm -hmm. And also my first film, Instinct, has very limited locations. Um, and, And so I think for if you're just starting out as a director, which I am, this really simplifies things. And I also thought, you know, I'm gonna find this house and I'm going to make like find this house that would be a Mac mansion, as they call it in America, mm-hmm. where the crew can have their equipment and the actors can have their room. So I don't need a whole different trailer park. And all of those things I, I find as an actress, uh, you know, in my time when I was an actress, annoying mm-hmm. or distracting or like not efficient. So I thought the advantages of doing it all in one location would be exactly the same that we have in the theater where everything is together, you know, and it's just one space. And so, yeah, that really attracted me. But also I was aware of the challenges of like, oh, my God, how are we going to keep it dynamic and entertaining and surprising if it is all in one house? And I wanted to ask you about the the acting of it all. Obviously, you have a massive background as an actress yourself and especially in the stage. And instinct is very much a two-hander, two very central performances. And this is this massive ensemble of very big personalities, some of them very big online as well. I was going to ask you, you know, yeah. how... Did you, you know, find the the cast that fit together? And also, how did you wrangle them if you were <laughs> living in that same house where you were shooting? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think for me, it was very obvious from the start that I, I really like it. And that's also, I come from Ivo van Hove, who used to be my director for all these years. And he comes from, himself from performance art. And performance art in the 60s and the 70s was really an art form where reality and fiction would all overlap. You know, it's Marina Abramovic, that kind of style. So whenever you work with Ivo van Hove, uh, you know, he will put the audience on stage with us and you're sort of in the middle of it all and you experience it all as very real. And I, I wanted that for this film as well. Even though it's a construct, even though it's a slasher film, I wanted that really sensuous, like raw, vulnerable acting style. So I thought, oh my God, I need a group that is both, some of them should be classically trained, but some of them should also be what the film is talking about. You know, actually have some online presence. Some of them should maybe be comedians because we need some 
you know, we need, this is a dark comedy, this is not a horror. And so we were thinking to make a very mixed group in that sense. And the first person we approached was Amanda Stenberg, because, and we didn't approach her only as an actress, we really approached her as a collaborator, because she's also a queer activist. And this being a very queer film, and me being straight, I thought it was so important to have somebody next to me, instead of me, like, giving assignments, you know. And this was an amazing chemistry, me and her, and 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 you know uh, even now like in the whole press as you as, as people have, have m- might might have experienced she's very present and very mm. important to us and then we have Pete Davidson who's a stand up comedian and well all these people together some of them we found through auditions like Rachel Sennett who did a marvelous movie called Shiva Baby none of them knew each other at all so mm-hmm. making them into a friend group was of course a concern and I basically told them from the start I said listen we're going to rehearse a lot you know and not mm-hmm. rehearse the emotions or any of that but just the, the physicality of it and the lines mm-hmm. you know I want you to all be off book on day one I want you to prepare like soldiers so that we can let go in the moment and that rehearsal process of course makes them all get to know each other really fast and then they b- would play the game at night and they you know they really got to know each other and I think the acting style that Ivo van Hove taught me where it's not about ego. They always say in the theater, it's not about yourself. You're as good as your scene partner. You know, it's about the story. We're all just carrying the torch together. And I told them all about that. And I think they really love that concept. And it also liberates actors from the idea of like, yeah, but who am I? What is my brand? What is, you know, am I likable? It just takes all of that out. Mm-hmm. And then you get, you know, a result that is very organic and real. And the chemistry between all of them was exquisite. And I wondered as well as I was watching the film, because some of them, like Amanda, like Rachel, like Pete, they all have very strong um, media personalities, whether that be through social media and Rachel's Instagram was just incredible. And I was always I was wondering after I watched the movie, like, did you work that in? to the to their characters or did you specifically work with them to work kind of against it to kind of play against type i do think that my approach of acting is maybe against this time a little bit it's almost it can maybe feel even a little bit like dated for people because you know when you work with ifo you literally you if he leaves you in a certain way in a rehearsal day the next morning you're going to stand there with your costume your prop in the hand where he left you you know you you better make sure you you have your mic on you and that is almost like classical ballet, right? It's it's something that is also slowly disappearing. So I, I, I demanded that from them. I really told them, like, that's how I used to work. That's what I like, how I like to work. Very focused, very... But then on the other hand, I'm, of course, also aware I'm working with this young generation and they are very present in social media, some of them, or or have fame, you know, whether they ask for that or not, it, it, it is with them. And so, of course, I would talk to them about that. And also, you know, it was for them a great, project because they could express all of that you know and make fun of all of that and talk about and bring awareness to all of that because who better to ask the people that are actually living it and also i think it's just a consequence of casting in that age group that you will find people that have presence online and have you know it's just part of their reality and whereas for me it's still a kind of exotic you know oh my smartphone for them it's just a part of their body you know so and it was very important to me that they would believe what was on the page and that they didn't feel that some older stupid straight woman would have like typed that up in her little bedroom you know but that they could actually relate to it and and laugh about it themselves and they added so much to it so much comes from them ideas improvisations 
just suggestions, you know. So I, I really am in awe of their creativity. And how did you balance the horror with the comedy of it all? Because the comedy seems like it comes so much, you know, not just from the script, but from their realities, their contributions, you working with them, the improvisation, their dynamic between them all. But I've always thought, and every filmmaker I speak to, horror scenes and horror films are so much about choreography and precision how do you balance those two dynamics it's it's hard and, and for me we it resulted in much more of a dark comedy than a horror film in that sense but it is still there and it's definitely a whodunit and a murder mystery and that is of course a contradiction because on the one hand i had to be like a mathematical person because i was constantly thinking because once you see the film you will see how it ends and if you want to watch it a second time or a third time it still needs to all make sense and end up so there was a constant like sort of mathematician in my head going like wait where are we who do you suspect putting myself in the seat of the audience and and in the seat of all the different characters and really trying to you know orchestrate all of that in a way that it would be this miss marple agatha christie sort of new version of clue but then on the other hand i had such a big mouth about no it's going to be casavetes and it's got which is a director that works a lot with improvisation and if you watch his films which is by the way great to watch so i would advise everybody to watch casavetes films but they look very organic and wild so mm-hmm. chaotic which they are not of course but that's the result of it and so to create that kind of acting style where they where it would be sexy and sensuous and violent and bloody and strange but I think in the end we pulled it off somehow. And I think what the key to all of that is preparation. Mm-hmm. It's just the better you are prepared. And that is what maybe other directors mean when they say it's very blocking is very important. And it is. And I s- locked myself in that house with my DP, my cameraman, for two weeks. And we had some stand-ins. Mm-hmm. And we choreographed the whole film. And my actors will never notice that when we were rehearsing because I wouldn't put it on them like, well, you have to stand there because that's mm-hmm. what I made the stand-in do. Not at all. But I at least I would have a starting point. I would say like, this is how we can roughly start. Mm-hmm. And that makes actors feel safe because if you just say to a group of people, just do whatever, then they will feel overwhelmed and I will feel overwhelmed. So if you are preparing a movie, for me, it is a great way to physically already rehearse it with my DP and really physically feel it all out and so that I don't ask something of an actor that is either impossible or, or not interesting. And the other thing, you, you know, you mentioned the McMansion of it all. And one thing that really, really struck me is just how natural the design of the characters felt. They looked, they not only the, the dialogue, but they looked and they felt and they kind of had mannerisms and the, 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 the design of the house and how they moved around it also felt incredibly generationally specific to them uh, which might be just a very pretentious way of just saying oh no they are they feel real they don't feel like uh you know an older person writing a young person yeah. and saying like oh they're on the tiktok all day yeah. um how did you approach and especially not being american how did you approach kind of the design of these essentially the world of very rich very entitled 20 somethings in the states i do i do think that having sarah the uh the playwright who was young with me um d- during the development of the script was extremely important she comes from a very elite school she did yale i think so she had a lot of inspiration there and of course uh me researching like a crazy person and in, all of us here in europe we know a little bit about it but then when you really start to research it you you're shocked by i mean i could have never had the career or the life that I had in Holland because my parents thought it was it's cool to not have money because they're artists. But I would be 
totally fucked in America because I went to a very elite theater school in Holland, you know, where you have to audition and only like seven people get accepted. So imagine how expensive that is. Yeah. All those teachers for those seven yeah. little... In debt for life in America. Exactly, in debt for life. And like the easiness with which I just went through all of that. It made me so humble to, to research America and the class system there. And that made Sarah and I really full of fire, even though we, we know that we're making a genre film, we know that it's a slasher movie and we want to be entertaining people. We also want to have a a little layer in there you know about about all of that and how inaccessible all of that is and so but me being dutch i also think it was an advantage because i have like i'm looking as a biologist almost mm-hmm. into their lives and and so i think it's just important in order to make fun of things you also have to connect to them and in the end you know we all know that there's a gap between rich and poor right now that is growing to such crazy you know depths that you know, we can all relate to it in a way. And also we all know the feeling of, oh my God, am I an alien? Am I ever going to belong to the popular kids? We all have that. So I think those feelings are in the end universal. And the goal was from the start, even though we're making a slasher and a parody and a fable, we want everybody to look real, to that you can almost touch them. And we want to have this style where you feel like, you know, when they're dancing, that you're in the middle of it. When they're kissing, that you're sort of in the middle of, you know, if they're kissing both of us, like, that's what I wanted. And I think my DP also did a great job in creating that. You almost, you want to be at that party because they seem like the coolest kids in school. Yeah. Like a very elite summer camp party. But you also kind of hate every single one of them a little bit. And watching the movie, you kind of want them all to die. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I think that's an advantage because... I feel that it's really hard to 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 kill everyone, you know. I think the slasher <laughs> ritual is pretty intense. So I think not making them completely likable is first of all something I like to do because it makes mm. me feel less lonely about my own mm-hmm. darkness in life. I love to watch Richard III from Shakespeare because it will make me feel like oh my god, you know, he's so much darker than I am, so I might be fine. But yeah, no, these characters are some of them are <laughs> extremely narcissistic and and you know and and they're not likable but i i relate to them and 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 we can all relate to going to a, a christmas dinner or a family gathering where you think oh my god it's going to be so lovely and then you know it's so triggering and everybody wants to kill each other so underneath our little small layer of civilization we are all beasts you know and we all dream of not having a conscience of not having empathy of not having a guilt and just like telling everyone the truth for once so i think there's just fun in watching that <laughs> and can you talk a little bit about your own relationship with horror um what what, what is it are you a horror fan or did you you know when a24 kind of put this film in front of you you mentioned that you reframed the pitch as lord of the flies means mean girls yeah which are kind of mean girls is a, is a teen comedy but it's so a girl horror film in another way right yeah that's what i think too so i do think horror is like if you you come from the theater that like the horror is theatrical you know because horror is is extremely violent and it it, it exaggerates certain behaviors and certain you know fears that we have and I myself am really frightened of horror. I remember us doing Cries and Whispers of Bergman, which is kind of a horror film in its own way, you know, in its art house little way. And we did that on stage. And it it really scared me. Even to be inside that play scared me. You know, so I don't like to watch horror films, but I I, I loved Heathers. And I think Heathers is a 90s film with Winona Ryder. It's so good. And it has a similar tone where it's funny, but there's violence as well. And of course, making a joke will always 
you know, relax the audience. So after that, you have to build the tension again. And I think they did a good job in that and, and making fun of themselves. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's an unpretentious, fresh film. And so that was a huge inspiration for me. And as a, just a fan, I love Ari Aster's film Midsummer to me, but I'm very frightened of watching that. Like it, and more, I'm very frightened of the whole drug infused theme of that, you know, cause I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to lose my, I'm always afraid to lose my mind. And so that's also why I think my film is not a pure horror film at all. It has elements of, of violence. It has elements of gore. It has, you know, it plays a little bit with the tropes of that. But in the end, I think it's more a dark comedy murder mystery and just genre bending whatever cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> and how would you, I mean, I was, I was thinking about how do I describe this film to people who haven't seen it without spoiling anything. Yeah. How have you been describing it to people, especially people who, you know, maybe are not... I really even hate to think about people not being used to going to the cinema. How do you describe this people, this film to people who maybe are averse to horror films or not used to going to see horror films in the cinema or any sort of films? Yeah, I think it is. I think what is really great about this one, like Instinct, my first film, I wouldn't recommend to everybody because I'm like, that's a very dark that's Fifty Shades of Grey gone totally art house wrong. So I think that is for some people great but this film i would literally recommend everyone to go to why because it's a very fun watch and you will just be so entertained and it's just really lovely the world that you're going to enter because like you said even though these characters are vain and narcissistic and they're gossiping about each other they're extremely seductive and not only them but also the world that we created around them so it's just a really juicy and 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 fun to watch so um i think there's something in that for everyone and i just feel humor is such a great tool you know so if people are a little frightened or you know a joke is just something that connects us all and if humor is good then i mean i i and i still laugh because the actors are just doing such a great job it's not something that i'm proud of i'm just proud of them you know because they're really pulling it off and i have to ask in our last couple of minutes and massive, massive, massive spoiler alert for anyone who's not seen Bodies, Bodies, Bodies yet. A wrinkle puss. You don't have to be nervous. I I'm not nervous. Wow, how so impressive. You're impressive. They're going to be obsessed with you. You did mention the ending was your way into the script yeah. and that it changed. Yeah. Can I please ask you about the ending and how yes. that changed and why it's so important to you? For me, it's extremely important that there is no killer. And I, because that makes it automatically the theme, uh, you know, is the killer inside of us or outside of us? And what does it take for us to become killers? Uh, you know, that the, the ending being what it is will create that theme for the, for the whole film. And also it makes it then about human behavior and not about a ghost, a, a killer, or somebody with a revenge motive. No, it's only about group behavior. It's only about group hysteria. And it's only about our reaction to something that turns out to be nothing. And then the ending itself... Me and Sarah had so much fun and she was such a genius also in creating this because the whole idea of the TikTok death, you know, which is actually tragic because it actually exists. Wait, which is, it exists? There are multiple examples of people doing challenges or, or you know, whatever they're doing that, you know, they eat these things that you're supposed to do the laundry with. Or I mean, if you start to Google it, this is a whole world that is insane. And then for us, with the, you know, we're spoiling anyway. So with the champagne bottle... Of course, the, you know, first, the the most, you know, impressive man who at that point we think is in the army, who's so tall, he does that. And then in the end, 
Pete Davidson's character also trying to do that and failing. To me, that's just a funny way of saying something about male toxic toxic behavior and also about vanity, you know, and competition between men and and all of us, you know, to be like online, we want to be this and that and like we're filming it and in the midst of that, we kill ourselves. And then the whole film is just a reaction to that. And to me, that's so Chekhov-like because we're going to Moscow, we're going to Moscow. The three sisters say this four hours long and then at the end they're like, oh no, we're staying home. And I think that hedonistic, <laughs> so human, banal ending, I just think it's fun and it's also saying, you know, life is a is absurd. Life is completely absurd. Just this very, very simple solution to a problem you've spent, even as an audience member, spent, what, 90 minutes trying to figure <laughs> out, trying to cross off people who could potentially be the killer and everyone having their different motives and judging everyone in their own way for that to be the reveal was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, and I hope people take it in a good way and not feeling like I'm like slapping them in the face or something because I really feel that you know it's just interesting because it's discussion provoking mm. and it and it of course it has played with certain expectations and it has played with how we are conditioned to watch certain murder mystery films you know but in the end i just think it's an ending that you know that just scratches a little bit on our brain and says like you know did you really think about did you really stop and reflect and it really invites a rewatch as well. I know. Because the minute it really <laughs> does. <is> so smart. <laughs> <laughs> it really it really makes you want to watch the film again and be like, wait, wait, wait no. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Alina, thank you so much. This was it's been so a joy. fun. I really love doing this. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy and really lovely to see you again. And yes. really hope this film goes gangbusters so we get to see more of your films. Me too. Thank you so much. Thank you. 